You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of My Comic Life. My name is Jeff. And I'm Sam. I'm so glad you're back, Sam. I'm back. So glad. Like, last week we had Joe from the editing bay filling in, and he's, he, you know, I like him. I mean, obviously I like him. I started the network with him and all that, but, like, it was just different. Like, you know, like, it just... Yeah, we have synergy. Uh, I don't think you know what that word means. Synergy? That's, like, promoting c- cross-corporation. No, synergy means like like we're linked, like we're connected, like we know how to play well off each other. We sync up. It's synergy. Uh, okay, that, this show is not debating what synergy is and what isn't. Sam, I gotta say, you uh, have uh, redeemed yourself from last uh, the last time you you chose the beer for the show. You have redeemed yourself. Uh, this I haven't. Well, you've partially redeemed yourself. Is one of the beers I like. I haven't tried the other one. Uh, our, our two beers today are. Rar and Sons Texas Red, which is a local beer brewed here in Fort Worth, and then Magic Hat Number no. Nine. I have not tried the Magic Hat Number no. Nine. Jeff, of- why don't you go and take a little sip of Magic Hat Number no. Nine and give our audience a little uh, preview of coming attractions? <laughs> um, actually, it's not as it's not that bad. Thank you. It's See, not that bad. I picked out two good beers for the show. Yeah, two beers that you had already tried and weren't picking out based on what the fuck the uh, label looked like. <laughs> I almost did that today in the store when I was. Yeah. All right, uh, folks, don't forget you can find us online at Facebook, uh, facebook.com forward slash My Comic Life Podcast, or just search for My Comic Life in the Facebook search bar. You can also follow us on Twitter at My Comic underscore Life. You can follow me on Twitter at NWR Jeff. Sam, you want to give out your Twitter? I'm at Sam T. Ballard. All right. And uh, oh, yeah. Uh, also, uh, don't forget you can check us out in iTunes. If you are listening to us through iTunes, do us a big favor and uh, you know take two seconds and give us uh, give us some ratings on like with the stars. And if you're feeling really gracious, write a little description or review of the show. Not description, a review of the show. That really helps us out a lot, and we would greatly appreciate it. And we'll be best friends forever if you do that. Uh, Jeff, anything big or exciting going on in your life coming up that we need to know about? Any big news? Uh, I uh, I'm I'm attempting to quit quitting smoking again. Yay! Uh, Twenty four hours, no cigarette. All right, well, let's be honest here. What did you What did you switch to? I switch. Uh, yeah, I don't want to say. I'm so embarrassed by it. Jeff, but it's helping. But Jeff's it's, becoming a hipster. Uh, yeah, I got one of those damn like e-cigarette vaporizer things. <sighs> but you know, I gotta say, is it's helping because I've had cravings, and then I just use the vaporizer, and it takes away the craving. Uh, but there's no conclusive evidence that a vaporizer is any healthier for you than a normal. That's cigarette. the thing. That's the thing. Is like I was doing a lot of research, and like essentially what it sounds like is like it's just too new. It's like people don't know so. You don't really know if it's any better or any worse for you. But, like, the one thing that I do like about the uh, e-cigarettes and the vaporizers is, like, you buy the little juice that you actually vape, and those come in different milligrams of nicotine. So, like, I can start stair-stepping down and, like, you know, okay, this bottle I get, like, 12 milligrams of nicotine. The next bottle I get, like, you know, a fewer amount of nicotine. So I can stair-step my way down to zero nicotine. And that's what kind of has me excited about it. And, you know, I don't, I don't plan on like, you know, 
in 10 years to still be using an e-cigarette vaporizer. Like I've been smoking for the, uh, over 12 years. At my worst, I was a two-pack-a-day two smoker. And even less than a year ago, I was like three-packs-a-week smoker. So something just had to No, get... 10 years from now, you'll be smoking e cigs through a trach ring. <sighs> just no. kidding. No, that's, that's what I'm trying to avoid. That's what I'm trying to avoid. But so, yeah, 24 hours, no cigarette, uh, feeling good. I'm starting to get my sense of smell back. Is I actually uh, was uh, standing around someone who was actually smoking a cigarette, and, and I was like, so did you, "Oh wow, I can actually smell that!" Like, because when you because when you smoke a cigarette and someone else is smoking a cigarette, you're so desensitized to the smell that like you don't even notice it. Did you actually stop to smell the roses today, Jeff? Oh no, fuck no! It's hot outside. <laughs> fuck that! No, inside all day, AC, artificial air. Oh, yes. That's the city boy in me. Sam, you got anything uh, important to uh, announce? I'm starting to get on like full like Comic Con mode. Like, like I'm going to the gym and like pumping iron and like trying to get in some form of a shape for Comic Con. Uh, I've also started narrowing down like my cosplay choices. You know, kind of started honing in on what I'm going to dress uh, okay, up. Okay, so when when, uh, when are you leaving for Comic Con? I leave Wednesday, July 23rd. Okay, so. Does that mean next week it's two weeks away? Yeah, two weeks away. Starting next week? Yeah. Okay, so then what we need to do after we record this show is we need to get with Johnny because that's our friend and that's who you're going with. And we got to figure out a time when the three of us can record because we need to do a two-part a two-part prepping for Comic-Con for the first-timers. Oh, I mean, like I say that like I've been to Comic-Con so many fucking times and like I've never been. Uh, okay, so, okay, so, hey... That's what you can expect ne- on next week's show. Hey, we can pre- Comic Con we, we, we can preview something. <laughs> Comic Con, preparing for San Diego Comic Con. All right, let's actually get into the meat of the show. First off, Sam, I know you weren't too impressed with this, but I thought it was really fucking cool. You didn't. Uh, first of all, are you still watching the World Cup on your laptop? Damn right I am. God, <laughs> See, America's not even fucking playing. Do you oh, want to see Germany get beat because Germany beat America? Is, is no, that, no, is that it's right? Not that. It's just that everybody's picked Germany to win. Like, like Germany's like the New York Yankees of like the World Cup right now. And it's so awesome to watch like a little country like Algeria possibly knock them off. What's the score? It's 0-0 with 82 minutes, and this is almost oh, a 90-minute game. So dude, we're going to go into... soccer, man. We're going to go into... Overtime and then possibly penalty shootouts, which would be amazing. Ninety mi- almost ninety minutes into a game and no one scored. Fun fact: soccer players run six miles in one game. Ho, Jeff, you should go. You should start playing soccer. I don't like walking from my door f- to the dumpster to throw away trash. All right, I don't think soccer's up my alley. All right, Man, Phys- phys- I, physical activity, not my. When thing. I played in high school, my coach made us run a mile flat in eight minutes before each practice started. This is why I didn't do sports. <laughs> well, there are other reasons why I didn't do sports. Anyways, uh, what, like I was getting into before I got distracted by you watching the fucking soccer match. or Yeah. Football. F- no, it's fucking soccer. <laughs> anyways. <laughs> what do you want to talk about, Jeff? Anyways, I thought this was neat. You didn't think it was so neat. Trapper Keepers, they're making a comeback. Is Who cares? I do. You never had a Trapper Keeper as a kid? No, I had a life. You can have both. <laughs> you can have a life and a trapper keeper. I just think it's kind of cool that, like, you know, because everything, well, 
I take that back. Maybe it's not cool because everything is kind of retro now. And anyways, Trapper Keepers, they're starting to make a comeback. But this time, uh, they're keeping the original line, which was, you know, to hold all your school supplies and paper and all that. So what, are they holding iPads now? Is it the Trapper it, Keeper iPad holder? Exactly. Exactly. Like, Guys. That's their new thing. I got my new Trapper Keeper in blue. Guess what? You're going to wind up in the toilet with blue water all over you. What? You show up to school and be like, guys, look at me, Trapper Keeper in blue. They're going to stick your head in blue toilet water. I wouldn't. I'd be like, that's cool, man. I was actually thinking about getting one of these until you just bullied the shit out of me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, In more nerd news, Transformers 4 has opened up this week. I'm so fucking over this movie series. It was like a hundred million dollars at the box office domestically. Like, but it, everybody I hear, like all my like nerd friends on Facebook, are like trashing this movie, saying don't go see it. Like out of morbid curiosity, I want to go see this now. I that and I'm a Mark Wahlberg fan. Really? Yeah, dude. I I like I like Marky Mark, <laughs> the fighter, pain and gain. I don't know, man. The Italian job, Ted. First, all great first Marvel. of all, I think Michael Bay is just like milking this trans franchise for as much as possible. And I think, even though you and I haven't seen it, uh, just like you, I have heard all my friends that have seen it. They're just talking shit about it. Now, it is the top-grossing opening weekend for Mark Wahlberg ever. Is I that. Yeah, it made it made a hundred million in the United States opening uh, weekend, uh, two hundred and one million worldwide. So opening weekend, it, there's you know they're saying like three hundred and one million uh, opening weekend. Well, that's worldwide, is and a majority of that obviously is coming from overseas. I think American audiences are kind of getting tired of it. I don't. I think I think if it's done right, and uh, oh my gosh. This franchise still has places left to go. You say it no. Do, it does, but like... <coughs> take it back to Cybertron, or better yet, bring in Unicron. Or take it away from Michael Bay. Well, who do you want to do it, Jeff? Zemeckis? You want you want Robert Zemeckis to direct Transformers? Sure. Someone besides Michael Bay. I'm, I think I'm just... Oh, maybe, maybe I'm just done with Michael Bay. I'm just saying, go the Unicron route. Unicron devours planets. So the dude comes to Earth to eat Earth, a la kind of Galactus style. But still, and the Transformers have to fight a thing that transforms into a living planet itself. I don't know. I, just, I, I also think that once you start going past a trilogy in a series of movies, you, you start to just peter out and the just, only and just be like, whatever. The only hasn't languished after that, and this is, I'm not even sure how you would define this but James Bond is on like 23rd it's like the 23rd James Bond film but, uh, yes that's true but also is none they, of them are like direct sequels. yeah like one does not really oh, exactly no not even any of the new Daniel Craig ones really fold in on each other no they don't I mean Quantum of Solace does a little bit but well, and also is you know what what's good about the Bond movies is they're all based on the books and no they ran out of books a while ago Really? Yeah, Ian Fleming wrote like seven James Bond novels. You know what it is? I think they're starting to redo some of the old ones. Cause like, yeah, yeah, I mean, like Casino Royale, that, that was like yeah. Ian Fleming's like first Bond right. novel. Right, right. Uh, but Bond also is, you know, I don't know. that you Sam, I got to say, you've stumped me. That's a really good point. 
But like I said, but all these Transformer films are direct sequels to another, and Bond is a franchise that isn't necessarily like a direct follow-up right, sequel. Right, They're all kind of, Like, I don't need to watch the very first Bond movie and then watch them in order in order to it, watch and enjoy the most recent Bond film. No, I mean... I you can could, just go straight to that Bond film. You could start out with Goldfinger, go to Goldeneye, and then watch Casino Royale, and you would not be confused right, by what you exactly. just saw. Favorite Bond film. Do you got one? Goldfinger. Really? Yeah. You only live twice. What? Yeah, dude. Why? The fuck why, man? Because the fucking... Honestly, what it was is as a kid, I fucking loved the uh, hollowed out volcano and the... um, Oh, I forget what it's called, but that little vehicle that Bond uh, flew around in. Dude, Goldfinger... Okay, first of all, you have And also, they're in a fucking car chasing a helicopter, picks up a car, and then dumps it in the ocean. Dude. That was badass. Goldfinger, first of all, you got the great song. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. Yeah, it's got the song. Odd Job. Yeah, okay. Got Odd Job. Sean Connery is Bond. Yeah, you only live twice had Sean Connery as Bond. But did but did it have pussy galore? You're just saying that because you want to say pussy no, galore. No, his greatest Bond villainous name ever. Yeah, because it's got the word pussy in it, Sam. Grow up. <laughs> Grow up. On the lines of... Uh, Transformers, uh, Pacific Rim is getting a sequel. I, I am so happy about this. I I am mixed about this because Pacific Rim, it wasn't the best movie, but the uh, the CGI, the way it looked was beautiful. Like especially during the fight scenes. Yeah, if you're gonna make like a Voltron movie or like any or like a Gundam Wing movie, like it needs to look kind of like Pacific Rim did. Right. Right. So I've also heard that they're even talking about a series. I don't know about a series. Pacific Rim is one of those kind of like oddballs where like it made only a hundred and one million American on a hundred ninety million dollar budget, mm-hmm. but worldwide it earned four hundred and eleven million dollars. It was one of the highest grossing films. Whoa, shit! That's more than Transformers. Well, this is that was opening weekend. My bad. Uh, wow. Yeah, it was one of the highest grossing like films of that year because people like overseas like ate that shit up. Right. Wow, man. I mean, in China alone, it made $111 million. Jesus. So and that makes sense then, yeah. But, is, is... but I can tell that the studio doesn't, is, is a little bit more timid with the sequel Uh-oh. because they're releasing it April 7th, 2017. So, I mean, that's like build up to the summer season, you know, but it's not right in right. the middle. Like, they aren't going right. to... I it's, mean, it's, like, the last one landed like smack dab in the middle of summer movie season and said, let's see what we can do here. Right. It's It's... It's it's towards the end of that lull in like the low period of releases for movies, yeah. And right before the uh, b- all the big summer blockbusters. But like are I said, released. I was a huge fan. Like like I was a giddy like little kid again, and I wasn't expecting that. Like I had this dumb grin on my face from beginning to end. The only thing that I didn't really care for about Pacific <clears throat> Rim was the fact that it takes two people to man those uh, the machines. Jaegers. Yeah, like, okay, why do you need two? Why couldn't you build it to design with one person? Because it's too much of a mental, it's too much of a stress on your on one person's mind. You need two people but, who, are, who are drift compatible. Right, but why do you need to, I mean, like, I remember that movie Robot Jocks, which was kind of like almost the same, well, not the same premise, but. What is Robot Jocks? Fuck you, that's what Robot Jocks is, man. I've never even heard of Robot 1980s? Jocks. 1980s? Oh, man. Was it 80? It was somewhere. It was released in the early to mid 80s. It was a futuristic movie. And like, you know, it, it was just like, okay, instead of like, you know, two people fighting in a ring, it's these giant. It's kind of like a, what Real Steel. 
Well, yeah, those those re- robots are smaller. Re- That's going to require. Well, no, no, but but I'm just saying the premise wise, it's, it's robots fighting. But like Pacific Rim, the people were actually inside the robot controlling it, and it was just okay. Remember that episode of Futurama where Leela is a fighter and she fights her old sensei, and he has. Uh, yes, like he in, has the, mo- in, the, in, in the robot wrestling league, right? And he has the motion thing, so whatever his arms do, the robot does. It's yeah. like that—that's what these guys were doing in robot jocks. Like it didn't have to be connected to their head; they just uh, to their mind is they just put on like um, gloves and shit that, like you know, what so whatever their arm did it. Yeah, kind of like a old age mocap suit. There you go. There you go. Speaking of new releases, this new film that's coming out. First of all, I'm really excited about it. Uh, the interview starring James Franco and Seth Rogen. It's getting some. I say it's good press, but uh, I kind of, an entire country is pissed off at this film. Well, I don't say the entire country. The leader of the country is pissed off at the film. Thus, well, the whole country is pissed off at the film. Well, talk about. I mean, like at first, like like last weekend. All these new news agencies, nude agencies, <laughs> news agencies were reporting that North Korea said that it would declare war on the U.S. if this film got released. Right. So here's the film: is uh, James Franco, Seth Rogen starring a new film called The Interview, where they play reporters that are going over posing to do an interview. I think one's a reporter, one's a government agent. But that's why I said they're posing as as a reporter to go over and have an interview with uh, North Korea's leader. Uh, what is his name? Kim Jong-un. Yeah, Kim Jong-un. All their leaders' names are so familiar. Well, Kim Jong-il and his son would be Kim Jong-un. Well, and, and then before that, there was Kim Jong-son, uh, and I think he's the one that started North Korea. Oh, so you got Sun, Il, Un. Kim yeah. Jong-im could be next. Who knows? Anyways, uh, Rogan and Franco are going over there po- uh, posing as reporters to do an interview with Kim Jong Un, and really what they're over there, what they're doing is they're over there to assassinate him and kill him, and finally, I guess, free the Republic of North Korea. And needless to say, Kim Jong Un is unhappy with the film, and as Sam was saying. News agencies were reporting that uh, uh, Un was saying that if the film was released, it, it he is looking at that as an act of war against North Korea and will declare war on America. That's been debunked. Fucking de- oh god damn it! I was hoping it was real because like fucking do it. I'm ready. No, we well, need to go to war with well, fucking North is, Korea and wipe coming, them off the earth. This is coming from the Diplomat.com. Wow, there. Mm-hmm. We're not going to go genocidal here, are we, Jeff? No, look, I don't have anything against, like, the civilians in North Korea. In fact, I really feel bad for them. I mean, shit, they're in forced labor camps, and even if they're not in forced labor camps, they have famine over there. I mean, it's it's horrible living conditions, and the reason why it's horrible is because of their leader and the government structure. So when I say we need to wipe them out, I'm not talking about the actual citizens. I'm talking about the government structure, is we need to get rid of that shit. Yeah, well, so that's why I'm like, fuck, I really wish he was serious. This is what the actual statement said from the North Korean foreign ministry. Okay. Um, it said the film's distribution is an absolute intoler- is absolutely intolerable because it's the most undisguised terrorism and a war of action to deprive the people of the Democratic Republic of Korea 
of their faith in Kim Jong Un. Dude, like they were ever gonna fucking see this film, anyways. It's 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 gonna bring down North Korea's social systems. Well, first of all, let me ask you this: is like these these people are taught from birth that America is the great evil, and like it, we're just the most evil place in the fucking world. You're telling me then that like even though they're taught that, they're still like. Oh yeah, but we got this new fucking Seth Rogen film. You know, yeah. I seriously that, doubt that, that, Kim Jong Un's gonna let it be right, released. That's my point. Is like I don't think any movies. Like there is no media in that country that isn't controlled by the state. So I have a hard time believing that they are seeing any American movies over there. I read, I read a rumor. I'm not sure it's true, but it said that Kim Jong Un told everybody that North Korea won the Olympics in every event. Oh yeah, no, no. That uh, I want to say. I I think I've seen something like that too, where like uh, there was video from a North Korean um, television uh, or not tele- a newscast, and like it was just like here are the standings, and it was just like North Korea, like gold, everything, and then uh, close behind it was China because they have a lot of trading going on. Yeah, also China supplies North Korea with power. Right, and then uh, China or North Korea supplies China. With uh, slave labor, I'm so, you laugh, but dude, that's what's fucking going on, man. Is like, I don't get a, involved in a lot of politics and humanitarian work, but North Korea, like that was like one of the first things I was like, fuck, I should actually help out, so I donated some money. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Oh man, this would have been a better segue from tra- from Pacific Rim too. Uh, <laughs> shit, we should have saved this Rogan story for later. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Uh, Kick-Ass 3. Uh, it may not be happening. It may not be happening, which... Um, one of the stars pe- of the film, Hit Girl, Miss Chloe Grace Moretz. Has said that uh, it would be great if there was a Kick-Ass 3, but I doubt it. And uh, But she said she would love to see it happen. But she's saying the reason it's not going to happen, possibly... Is because can- people aren't buying tickets to go see the movie. Yeah, it's actually like the second or third most pirated film of the year. Yeah, what she said is, her quote was, it was like the second most pirated movie of the year, so if you want a movie to be made into, uh, if you want a movie to be made into a second, a third, or a fourth, or a fifth, go buy a ticket, don't pirate it. I gotta admit, I like Kick-Ass too, but I read the graphic novel before I saw the film, Uh and I know in our post-Columbine society, you cannot depict what they show in that comic book. I mean, like, it would be too dark and oh, too... Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, the, the comic book goes to a really dark place. But see, that's the problem, though. It's a, it, To me, I mean, it, it kind of showing that darker, visceral side mm-hmm. of humanity is what made the comic book so interesting and kind of dark and morbid to read in the first place. So you couldn't depict that. So the film was lacking a little bit for me. Right. And I'm not saying that it's a great thing to, like, show all that stuff all the time on screen. But if you're going to try to you know, really be faithful to that material, you've kind of got to go down that road. Right. Kick-Ass 2 grows $60.8 million worldwide, whereas the original film earned $96.2 million. Uh, so, you know, they took a 30, basically a $30 uh, million hit from the first one to the second one. I don't know how much it costs to make, so I don't know if the sixty million. I I have a hard time. If they did make money, it probably wasn't much because with all the action uh, sequences in it, I'm sure that's where the majority of the budget went to. So I can see why then they probably probably that's what it probably also is. Is it just wasn't a big enough uh, profit margin. Uh, Kick-Ass 2's budget was twenty eight million dollars. Oh really? Wow, that little. Yeah, I thought it was like more than estimated. That. 
Okay, million so dollars. twenty-eight million. So it opening all, weekend it grows thirteen million. So it almost so twenty-eight million. So it it over it doubled its money. Yeah, but you got to think that that was the budget for the film, not spent on like advertising, right, you right. know, marketing, well, everything but, else like but, that. But really, I think I may be wrong, and if I'm wrong, correct me on our Facebook page. But I think the, when they look at a movie's success to see if they're gonna do it to make it a sequel. They don't look at like, okay, well, we spent this much money on advertising and all that. They just look at the budget of like, okay, it cost us thirty million to make and it made us ninety million and then, you know, and went on to make ninety million. So we had a large profit. Okay, let's make a sequel. Well, as of September twenty thirteen, it only made twenty eight million seven hundred and fifty one thousand seven hundred and fifteen dollars. So it broke about even. Right. Before I, I guess before Blu ray sales accounted in Right. And and international and, box and, office. You know, I gotta say is I, I, I only watched Kick Ass two. Maybe I've only watched it once or twice. Where the and first Jeff, one I watched several times. How did you watch Kick Ass two? Uh, streaming from. Uh, it doesn't. <laughs> yes. Okay. Fine. I fucking pirated the thing. Thank yes. you. Yes, I pirated. Buy it. the movie. Support the industry. Depends on the film. Oh my god! Let me put it to you that way. Yeah, it depends on the film. Oh, I hate you. I'm just saying. I at least paid to go see it. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I just, I, I didn't. I'm sorry, Sam. I'm so fucking sorry. I didn't pay to go see no, it. No, you're not. You're absolutely right. I'm not. I didn't think it was. I, I didn't think it was that great. I didn't think it was buy worthy. I didn't think it was buy worthy. You know what? A movie that is a fucking buy worthy and you should see, and I believe is on. Netflix or Amazon Prime? Would this be Wet Hot American Summer? Goddamn right is Wet Hot American Summer. No, wait. Maybe it's on HBO Go. But yes, Wet Hot American Summer. Now, there have been talks of a possible uh, TV show. Jeff, of, for of the people movie. who don't know what Wet Hot American Summer is, why don't you explain the premise to them? So Wet Hot American Summer is about the last day at a summer camp. I believe it's like, what, in 80? What are you cringing for? Nothing. Just go. Germany just scored in like the final minutes. You're still fucking watching? It's amazing I can multitask like this. Jesus. Anyways, uh, it, it, it mid to late '80s is when the film takes place. The last day at a summer camp, and it's just like this goofy movie about these kid about the camp counselors interacting with the kids, and. A lot of people have related it to saying, like, oh, this is exactly what my camp experience was like when Let I was a kid. Let me tell you, I was a summer camp counselor for four years. You couldn't get away with half the stuff they try to do in this film right, for the kids. Right, I mean, it's just, it's a great... But it's funny, though, because... Yeah, it's a great, yeah, goofy as a, movie. As a former summer camp counselor, can I kind of relate to these people's frustrations and problems? Certainly. Right, and it had an amazing cast. So, uh, directed by David Wayne, and written by David Wayne and Michael Showalter, starring... Okay, here we go. The f- cast was Bradley Cooper, Christopher Maloney, Paul Rudd, Ken Marino, Amy Poehler, David High Pierce, John Lowe Turgulo. He's from the state. He's he was also in Reno Nine One One. Molly Shannon, Janine Garofalo. Oh God, I always fuck up her name. Garofalo. There it is. Elizabeth Banks, Michael Ian Black, and of course Michael Showalter. Of course, I just said that weird. Anyways. So they've for a while they've been talking about turning it into a, t- a, a TV series, and we have some updates on that. First of all, it is going to be on Netflix, which makes me very happy because 
with the way that David Wayne and Michael Showalter write, if this was a film or not a film, if this was a uh, TV show on a cable network, it, it it wouldn't do it wouldn't be as good is because they like to do kind of dirty basically adult humor. Let me tell you, I love David Wayne. I liked him in White Hot American Summer, but I loved him in Role Models. So I mean, like if you if you if you scratch your head as to who David Wayne is, he directed Role Models and White Hot American Summer. Right, uh, and of course uh, was from the state, uh, the comedy group that was. Oh God, they had a TV show on the uh, on MTV and. Early to mid nineties is fucking hilarious, and like half the people I mentioned in the cast are also from the state. Anyways, so here's the deal. First of all, good news: it's going to be on Netflix. Second, good news: they can they don't have to censor it exactly, which means they and and also Netflix, I think, is really good about when they do a show. It's like Netflix is kind of like, okay, well, you know, let's give them freedom and let them do their thing because, you know, they they know how to make shit and they don't get involved as much. So that's also really good. The second good thing about it is Show Walter was saying that the only way you could properly do this is to bring back the original cast. And so it sounds like the original cast from the movie is also going to be in the TV series. The TV series is a prequel to the movie, because like I said, the movie... So what is it, set up for camp? Like they're going to start getting ready for camp? See, that I'm not 100... Or does it take place earlier in the summer? Well, see, that's what I'm thinking, because the movie takes place on the last day, uh, or like the the two last days of camp. No, no, sorry, the last day of camp, because the final scene is everyone leaving. So the movie is the last day of camp. This is a prequel to the movie, so it could either be A, they're getting ready for the for summer, or B, everyone, it could be in the middle of, of camp. Don't really know. But so it's a prequel to the film. Original cast is back. It is scheduled for 10 episodes. I, I mean, I understand why they're doing 10 episodes because it's, it's the beginning of a new series. And so if it's a hit, it's a hit. And then, you know, kind of like maybe I'll get more episodes. But for me, 10 episodes, I would like more, but I'll take what I can get. The, uh, Showalter was saying that there is no script for the series yet. But they have an outline. These guys with with this type of cast, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of this is is you know is improved on on set and on scene. So I don't really know if there's even gonna be a script. But he said that uh, right now the biggest thing is scheduling. Is everybody is they're just trying to figure out how to schedule yeah, everybody. You got Paul Rudd in production for Ant Man right now. God, and the, that like, that film is just. I can't know. even imagine like what Chris Cooper or the rest of the cast is doing. You mean Bradley Cooper? Bradley Cooper, yeah. I was about to say, who's Chris Cooper? Yeah, he was in. He's been in movies. <laughs> He's an actor. I promise. He was. He was in October Sky and The Patriot. Uh, I've seen The Patriot. Who was he in The Patriot? He was the general that ordered Mel Gibson around. That ordered. Oh, oh, okay, okay. He was in Spider Man Two, actually. The Amazing Spider Man Two. I haven't wa- haven't seen that one yet. Uh, so, anyways, uh, Wet Hot America fans, that's good news coming your way. If you haven't seen it, like I said, I think it's either on Netflix or Amazon Prime or HBO Go. So check out one of those three services, and I think you'll be able to find it. All right, Sam, uh, anything else before we move on? Nope, that's it. All right.
All right. So, Game of Thrones is over. Game of. Oh. Yeah. Uh, that's over. So we we can't. So we're not going to talk about it on this show. No more Game uh, of Thrones for yeah, right now. For right now. I don't know if we'll do it when it comes back on. <laughs> Anyways, so here's what Sam and I were talking about: is we were having a talk one day about different movies, and we thought, okay, what are movies that that the next generation that w- that basically, if Sam and I had kids, first of all, scary thought. Jeff, sometimes S- I feel like you project us to be older than, than we are. I think you think we're like the two old guys from the Muppet Show sitting up in the, in the balcony. What makes you say that? Because you're like, we should be talking about the next generation of kids who need to see these films. Jeff, we're not even fucking thirty yet. We're still in our twenties. I know, but like, I have like, I have I have nephews and they're young, and so I guess it's making me like realize like, fuck, I am getting old. We're not that old. We're getting there. We're not getting any younger, Sam. Anyways, basically. If you and I had kids, and we had to sit not down together, oh God, not together. <laughs> they would be hideous motherfuckers. Well, first of all, we would have to adopt. I mean, we would just have to. All right, I think. What's wrong with surrogates? <sighs> yeah, I guess we could go that route. God, we're not talking about this. <laughs> Anyways, basically, so what? The, the next generation of nerds and geeks. What, what sci-fi movies would we want them to watch? That's right. So Sam and I have compiled a list of movies that the next generation of nerds needs to check out. The first film on our list, no surprise. We are big Robert Zemeckis fans That's here right. Is My Comic Life. The Back to the Future trilogy it, it oh. has to be on there. Doc, Marty, 88 miles an hour. Well, first of all, I also think it's a really good introduction to the story to storylines involving time travel and science fiction, right? Because you know, especially it was in it was in Back to the Future too. Yeah, when uh, Marty goes to the future and buys the book, the uh, Gray's Sports Almanac, Almanac. and then uh, Old Biff gets it, goes in the time machine, and gives it to Young Biff. And then Marty goes back in time, and it's an altered timeline. Paradoxal universes. Right. That scene where they are in uh, Doc's garage, and he's like, so, th- and he's on the chalkboard, and he's like, and we this- skewed off of this yeah. time tangent into and- this other one. Right. Sorry, that's my terrible Doc <laughs> impression right there. Yeah, it really, it sounds nothing fucking like him. <laughs> it sounds nothing like him. That scene, though, I think r- is a good basic introduction to storylines involving time travel. And third, I don't know why I'm trying to number our points, but also it's just a fun ride and it's fun for the family. I It's just a fun trilogy all around. It, it, it really is. I mean, some people say that, that the third one floundered. It didn't for me. I like the third one. I know. I, you know you, Sam, can I be honest with you? What? The first one was actually probably my least favorite. What? Mine goes one, three, two. Like I actually like three a little bit better than I do the second one. I, th- I mean, come on. I, th- I, th- I think I you- think I go three, two, one. You so you would show your nephew Back to the Future three. No, first. no, no, no. You have to show him in order. You have to show well, him. Okay, in well, order. What but, makes- but 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 once you've once you've seen the whole trilogy and you can be like, okay, I know the storyline, so I can watch them in any order, and I still get it because I know the story and all that. Yeah, I, I, I. What makes one inferior? I. 
I mean, one is great. You get the introduction of the relationship of Doc and Marty. I know, I know, I know, I know, but... Classic lines of, this is heavy? I know, I, I just... I just... I just... I, 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 I like... I like the... I like the Western story. I... I... I you know, I, I don't know, Sam. It's just like... It's just as a kid... I always remembered being like, I really like three, and Jeff, and I the intro really don't have to our show is when this baby hits eighty eight miles know, an hour. I know, I know, Sam. You're gonna see some serious shit. I know, Sam, and I'm not saying that you know that I'm just saying it's like I just like three. I like the western aspect, and I like two. I like that futuristic part. I. I'm sorry, Sam. I don't mean to upset you, but that's just how I feel, and I really don't have a reason why. It's just. It's it's just f- from being a kid, just from being a kid. That's okay. It's just I know one so well that you could put it on mute and I can quote it line for line. Yeah. Also, I think the other thing is is like makes out with his mom, dude. <laughs> Not willingly. True, but that doesn't change. <laughs> the- what was it? Was it Family Guy? I think it was Family Guy where like they were talking about like this is kind of fucked up that. Marty meets his parents, gets them to go together, and then, you know, she was like, oh, let's name our son after that that guy in, in high school that I was fooling around with before I was fooling around with you. Yeah, let's name our son after him. That doesn't kind of make sense, you know? Talk about having a serious Oedipus complex. Yeah. All right, Sam. Uh, what, 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 what other movies on your list? In space, no one can hear you scream. I give you James Cameron's Aliens. Not Alien, but Aliens, the The sequel. What is it about the sequel that makes the, uh, what is it about the sequel over the first film? I know, I mean, I mean, Alien is awesome in itself, but there's only one Alien, and I get it. It's kind of claustrophobic, and you're stuck on this spaceship. Maybe I like the sci-fi action part more in in Aliens, because, like, they send in Colonial Marines, and there's about, like, a... A hundred more aliens involved, and you get to see the queen alien for once. And you get that famous line of, get away from her, you bitch. And I probably misquoted that, and I'm sorry. <laughs> but, and, and, you know, and it's Sigourney Weaver, like, kicking ass like a flamethrower and a machine gun. And, like, it, it used to scare the hell out of me. In fact, my hat's off to, you know, the guys behind aliens. I still have nightmares where I'm trapped in my house, and there's an alien crawling in my air ducts, and I can't get out. So kudos to you guys. At 28, I still have nightmares about aliens. I was never really into the alien movies. Like I've oh, no, seen, no, no. I've, I've seen them. I've seen the. I've seen. Plus, you you get the penultimate line of Bill Paxton going, "Game over, man. Game over." Okay, that wasn't from the first one. No, that's in the second one. Okay, then I've seen Aliens more than I've seen Alien. Alien because because Alien Alien, wa- alien was, was more of one. a thriller. It, like I mean, yeah, they're in outer space. But it's more of like, what was that noise? What was that noise? You know, and like Alien was the famous one where they're all sitting around on like the dinner table eating food, and all of a sudden the guy what? starts going, oh, oh, and You're right, you're right, you're the, right. The alien comes bursting out of his chest. That's where you get that joke from Spaceballs. Yeah, not again. I love that scene. Okay, so Aliens. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, like, I mean, yes, definitely, you know, kind of like in, in the Back to the Future order to really appreciate this, you, you need to watch Alien, but oh my gosh, Aliens, like, cranks that shit to 11. If you get that reference, you're cool if you do. Yeah. Uh, God, that almost made the list, but we said sci-fi, horror type thing. Yes. All right, Jeff, what's on? What's next on your list? Well, originally I had booked these as a duo, but you were saying, like, no, you can just do the second one. So I'm going to say Terminator 2 Judgment Day. 
Now, now, originally, I thought, like, okay, you have to watch one and two. And you made a really good point, Sam. You're like, but they outline everything at the beginning of the the Terminator 2. (laughs) There's a big voiceover of Sarah Connor talking him. Right, but... (laughs) But, but I think by but I think by seeing the first film, it kind of adds to the second one because you really get to see like holy shit! Oh, yeah, no. Schwarzenegger was really trying to fucking kill her, you know, busting into a police station, like not giving. Oh a no! Fuck. Once again, I, I agree. You, you need to watch Alien. I mean, you need to watch Terminator One to appreciate. To really appreciate Terminator 2, but this is one time where like the sequel is almost better than oh, the original. The T one thousand, the special effects. I mean, still to this day, like when he comes up out of the floor in liquid form and kills that prison guard. Oh god, I mean, awesome. And 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 that that was like another really cool aspect of the film was the fact that uh, that he could you know generate into stop watching the fucking World Cup, Sam. It's over. Germany won. Good. Okay. Is there another game starting that's going to no. distract you? Okay, good. The uh, I, I really like that you know he could he could see someone and then take on their form, and you know so it created this element of like who can I trust, you know because he could be in disguise, and I just thought and and yes like you said this is one of those cases where the sequel is better than the original. A side note, I'm really excited about the new Terminator film coming out. Because the actress who plays Daenerys Targaryen is going to be the new Sarah Kana. Really? Yes. Really? Oh, yeah. She's, she's taking over huh. that role. Schwarzenegger's the only one that's coming back. Yeah. And uh, Matt Smith, he's in it. Yes. Still don't know exactly what his role is, but he is cast in the film. But, yeah, so, I mean, I, I would honestly package Terminator 1 and 2 together, but I like 2 better than 1. I do, too. I think the villain... Eddie too. Is awesome. Once again, uh, you can watch Terminator Two on Netflix. They on if you have Amazon Prime, they have the director's cut of Terminator Two on uh, on Amazon Prime. And I gotta say, I the the director's cut is really good. Is is it? It's a- different. It adds it adds some more. S- there are certain scenes that make more sense when you see the director's cut. You know, is is yes the the theatrical version. You know, it all still makes sense, but like it just sheds some more light on certain scenes. The end of the director's cut leaves no room for a sequel. Yeah, because at the end of the director's cut, John Connor has become a senator on Capitol Hill. Yeah, he has vetoed the Skynet bill. I mean, it killed it in the House, and you see Sarah Connor as an old woman. Gosh, I keep wanting to go Sarah Connor (laughs) every time I say that. I mean, but you see Sarah Connor as an old woman playing with her grandson on on a playground, kind of right outside like Washington D.C., like famous backgrounds of. Washington right. DC and she's like we survived a war. It's almost as if like the studio had inside of being like holy shit this <laughs> film is going to be huge. We got to leave it open. Or they were just like hey, I I don't We can always this reboot be- this thing. <laughs> because Terminator 3 was just so bad. It was just so bad. Yeah. Damn, it was so bad. It's terrible. Oh god, I don't even like to think about it. Uh Can't be as bad as Robo Jackies. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so uh, Terminator 2 is one for my list. Sam, what's your next one? God, you got me talking in Arnold Schwarzenegger voice. Um, That's why I'm trying oh, to quickly really gonna, on. Uh Star Trek 4. Okay. Star, is this still the... Why Star Trek 4 and not Star Trek? Because Star Trek, that's what started everything, right? Because, because it was Star Trek the movies and then it became the TV series, right? I'm not a big Trekkie. 
I am more of a Star Wars guy. I totally, I, I've said this several times on the show. I'm more of a Star Wars than I am Star Trek. I'm not I as up to date. Swear to so it was the series and then the movie. I, I thought, swear to Christ, if we hadn't been friends for 10 years, I'd reach across this table and punch you for being an idiot right now. Well, that's really fucking harsh, but okay. I hate dumbass nerds. You know what, Sam? Fuck you, because I'm not a dumbass nerd just because I don't know everything about the fucking Star Trek universe. You don't have to know everything about every fucking geeky, nerdy universe to be a fucking nerd. All right, Sam? Fuck you for that, man. But everybody knows that the 1960s TV series came well before the films in the 80s. Not everyone does. Not everyone. Wait, those films were not made. In... I'm talking about the Shatner films. Yeah. and Those were not in the 80s. Yes, they were. Star Trek IV The Voyage Home came out in 1986. The fourth one. When was Star Trek one? The first Star Trek. Yeah, let's both Google it. It's a race. Star Trek. Dude, if the fourth one came out in '86, when do you, th- when do you think the first one came out? '70s. Yeah, no, but you said the TV series. You said movies came before the TV series. I was. I. W- I didn't say that. I was asking, and then you jumped down my throat, and now I'm all defensive and pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Star Trek Four: The Voyage Home. Why Star Trek Four and not the not the, the first one's good, but it's a little long in places. Con. What about the famous Con? That would be Star Trek Two: The Wrath of Con. Right, but why not that one? I think I think that is quite possible. Con. I think I think out of all the Star Trek movies, even up to date, that's probably the most quotable line from any of the Star Trek movies. I mean, I love Wrath of Con. This is just my own personal choice. Star Trek Four. They're even on 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 the Enterprise in Star Trek Four. They are aren't. <clears throat> they aren't. Oh wow! An so alien just... probe comes from deep space, and and because it's not getting the yeah, signal, this. Oh my gosh! The, <laughs> it's not receiving the proper signal. It starts shutting down and causing cataclysmic weather events on Earth. And you find out that whales are extinct. But basically, this movie leads you to believe that whales were planted on Earth as like these really advanced uh, advanced aliens. And since there's no more left, their creators have come back to destroy Earth. So huh. Shatner has to go back in time by slingshotting around the sun, and he winds up in San Francisco in 1986, and he has to find and steal two humpback whales and bring them back to the future to save humanity. That's cool. <clears throat> Plus, you, you, you get this hilarity of people out of time. It's funny because they don't know how money works or transportation works. Mm-hmm. Spock can't comprehend cursing, and he tries to. Really? Yes, he, he he tries to cuss some people out, and he, and, he, and he can't do it. That's funny. Yeah. I I always kind of like that in movies when... The whole fish out of water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like that was like one of the things I liked about um, about uh, da, 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 Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah. Is a great book, but I didn't think the movie was... And it was up. written by Gene Roddenberry and Leonard Nimoy, and it was directed by Leonard Nimoy. So, like I said, I don't know... Why? But Star Trek Four has always it just had a, it just rings home yeah, with yeah me. it rings home with me. I love it. I mean, I, I I do love other Star Trek films, like but Star Trek Four is my favorite Star Trek movie. All right, my next film, not so much in the sci-fi realm, but definitely in the horror film, and definitely in like especially t- in today. We should do top ten horror films. We should, but we'll, we'll see if in our time. Night of the Living Dead, George. the original 1968 black and white film. George A. Romero, good choice. This was a very low, I mean, like, when I say low budget, saying it had a budget at all is kind of being nice. They're coming it. to get you, Susan. <laughs> Classic line from that film. Right. Now, wait, are you sure? Oh, yeah. I don't see. It's, it's right in the graveyard before the guy gets eaten. You're right. You're right. It's been a minute since I've watched it. Uh, 
Night of uh, Night of the Living Dead. This is kind of the movie that started the, the zombie, zombie phenomenon. Yeah, I mean George A. Romero practically launched a whole horror subsect right, on his right. own. But not. But the other thing that was great about this film is, even though it, it was a horror film and people looked at it as just a horror film, is it also had a lot of great social commentary at the time. Like for instance, in the film, the uh, main character uh, Ben, like, is is is, 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 is so here. So here here's the plot of the movie. Is a brother and sister are at a cemetery visiting. I forget if it's their parents or their mom or dad or both of them, but they're visiting dead relatives. And then just like fucking out of nowhere, no explanation, no anything, just zombies start appearing and they run and get into a house. And there are these other people who are who are also taking shelter in the house. And what was really what was really great about this film is this was the first film uh, in in its time that really had a black man as the lead role. And when there's no room left in hell, the dead shall walk the earth. That's true. And what was gr- I remember seeing a documentary about it and they were like this is the very first film in in this time where you see a black man take charge and not only is a black man taking charge but he's ordering around white people. And that was like well, a, I really hated the ending. And yeah, and, and like this is something like you had never seen before. Is like the scene where you know uh, where Ben, I believe he's talking with um, oh, uh, Harry. I, I believe it was the interaction between the two of them, and he's like, "We you know we got to get we got to move. We can't stay here." And you know uh, that's what Ben was saying, and Harry was just like, "No, no, we got to stay put." And he's like, "Fine, you stay put. You die. I don't give a shit." But really, just the first time you saw you know roles reversed. Where a, a black man was taking charge and and bossing around a white person, you've never seen this before. That alone was revolutionary. And then also just the fact that like this is the first time you see zombies, and this is what set the precedent. Precedent. Sam, help me out. Precedent. Thank you uh, for all zombie movies to come. So if you want to call yourself a zombie fan and and say you love zombies, you have to see this film. Night of the Living Dead, the original, 1968. It's a great, great film. Sam, what's another one of yours? Uh, I have the original RoboCop on my list. Oh, thank God. If you were going to say the remake, I was going to fucking kick you out of my No, apartment. no. RoboCop. Fun gonna... fact filmed here in Dallas. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Houston. No, the sequel was filmed in Houston. The first one was filmed in Dallas. Was it? Yeah. You're right, because it's Dallas City Hall. <laughs> That's like the, quote, Detroit police station. You're right. You're right. Yep, starring Peter Weller and Nancy Allen, Ronnie Cox, and Miguel Ferrer. Fun fact, George Clooney's cousin. Red was in it. Uh, <laughs> Red from um, uh, that 70s show? Yeah, he played the main... For, Foreman's... Uh, Mr. Kurtwood Form? Smith. Yeah, Kurtwood Smith. Played Clarence J. Boddicker. He, he was in the film. <clears throat> uh, what's great about this film is... um. <clears throat> It was one of the first films in the 1980s to receive an NC-17 rating. Wow! And had to be cut and, and had to be cut uh, down to make it a rated R film. It's the scene where Ed 209 first goes insane and blows the guy away on the on the model of future Detroit. There was what, there are so many blood. Wait, wait, wait. This is the scene where um, where he, where he introduces where he dies and like right or no, no, or no. is he already rubble at this point? That, that was one of the scenes. But in one of the introductory scenes, they introduce Ed 209 to a boardroom. And they have one of the guys point a gun at him, and Ed doesn't shut off. And there's so many blood squibs bursting out of his chest that they had to cut that scene down. The other one was, yes, where Alex Murphy becomes RoboCop. The bad guys blow off his hand. Oh, my God. 
God. And then blow off like his leg, blow him to shit, but in the most painful way possible. Uh, this is just also, also, it's kind of a satire on like the 80s, you know, like 80s values. Like, what, yeah, you're like, absolutely, you're like, money plays a big part of this, like, like big cars play a big part of this, you know. So, I mean, if you look at it from a satirical point, it's it's kind of funny. It's it's actually way more darker than I originally thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. But I got to admit, this film sticks with me because over the years, I keep coming back and watching it over and over again and finding new things about it that I like. Like, the storyline's kind of fun and interesting. Plus, I just I fucking love the guy walking around in a giant robot suit with a badass machine gun. Oh, yeah. And, and what's also, I mean, no, okay, Battlestar had already come out, so we already knew about Cyborgs. Uh, but like what what I also kind of really liked about the film was that they tried to suppress all his human the what, yeah yeah what, they, what, what, they tried what, to erase his memory and right, just make him a sterile robot right what was left of 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 his human side they try to they try to uh, take that away from him and so throughout the movie he's also struggling because like he's having these right he has like flashbacks or whatever yeah. of like his at family at one point he's sitting in his chair and he, and he starts dreaming and like the scientists That's freak right. out cuz he gets up and he walks out of the chair and he's like we had a he had a dream we weren't prepared for him to actually be dreaming right right that that's great. Uh, that, that is a good film. Yeah, so I mean, if 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 you want to venture toward like the darker side of like sci-fi, but really still a good film, like I said, it's it's gonna stick with you. Mm-hmm. Go see RoboCop. Right. Uh, my next film is a film that proves that man should not play God and cannot control nature, and why, nature God, will why? always beat man. Sing it, Sam. Motherfucking Jurassic Park. Oh, great This is such a good film. I mean... Saw it when I was eight years old. Gave me goosebumps. The first time I watched this film, I had to leave the theater. Really? Because I was so... It was that scene where... was it? Was it? Um, Is it in the beginning where the raptor eats the guy? He's like, "Shoot her! No, shoot her!" Keep vamping. Um, it was the part where the T Rex, the, the, the brother and the sister. Oh, they're trapped in the kitchen with the Velociraptor. Before that, were I forget if it was the brother or the sister, but one of them is like running from the uh, raptor and like goes up in the air ducts, and then like you see the fucking raptor like jump up, and you see its head just pop its head in, and then fall back down. Like, I had to get up and, like, leave because I was so fucking scared that this raptor was about to eat this little kid. Oh, uh, see, I, I remember, like, my parents wouldn't let me go see this in theaters. But, my like, when it came out on video, my sister begged my parents saying that, yes, I was old enough. Yes, I could handle it. And she's like, Sam, you're going to suck it up because I want to watch this film again. And you're going to prove me that, that you're old enough. And I, I was, like, eight years old and I felt like such a big kid right. sitting in the living room because my parents had gone out for the night. My sister was babysitting me. And, like, we watched Jurassic Park together. And I was like, I can handle this. I'm old enough to handle this movie. And, like, I fucking loved it. Like, thought it was uh, it great. Was, it was so great. Um, I know there, like, since the movie's come out, a lot of people have come out and been like, well, this was factually wrong about the film. And, like, well, Velociraptors weren't as big as humans. And you were, actually couldn't drill for, like, the uh, dino DNA out of, like, right. who gives a fuck? Exactly. Thank you. That's my point is – this is why it's fantasy sci-fi. All I right? believe that T-Rex was real. I, but 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 the other thing that's amazing about this film is it sparks so much more interest to where like years and years after the film is you're still seeing like news articles that are like truth behind Jurassic Park and myths busted about why Jurassic Park can't happen. It basically breathed new life <laughs> in the paleontology. Exactly. 
exactly. And when all those uh, old films were being re-released in 3D a couple years ago, like, first of all, whatever whoever the studio head was, I was like, hey, you know what to make a great fucking 3D film? Titanic. Like, when all those type of movies were coming out, Jurassic Park was the only one that I was like, okay, this is a good re-release. First of all, whoever decided Titanic should be re-released in 3D, I hope to God that person got fucking fired. All right? Except for there are two scenes in that movie. You want to see 3D Kate Winslet boobs, don't you? That scene one. Yes. (laughs) That scene would be great in 3D. (laughs) And then the second scene that would be great in 3D is when the ship's sinking. It's like, that shit, okay. But you have like a fucking three-hour movie for two scenes in 3D. Fuck that. I'm not sitting through it. Jurassic Park, on the other hand? Fuck yeah, sign me up. I will go see that movie any day, anytime. Yeah, especially that 3D, scene. 3D, I will make time. That scene where he's like looking back through the rearview mirror, all of a sudden I see like the T-Rex's head like lunge forward. Yes! That would look great in 3D. That would have. I'm really upset that I didn't go, get to go see it in 3D. <laughs> but this, I mean, you, it's people still reference Jurassic Park as if it came out last year, as if it was a new release. This film is over 10 years old. It's 11 years. I mean, it came out in 93. No. Oh, my God. Is it 20 years old? Jeff, it's 2014. Do oh the math. God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's 21. 93 to 03 is 10 years. 03 to 21 years. Yes, Jeff. 21. This fucking... film can now drink. This, this film is of illegal drinking. Oh, my God. 21 years ago. I know we're doing that this Holy party. Holy shit. We're going out and we're buying Jurassic Park a few beers. Holy shit. 21 years. Wow. And But like I said, people still... I was playing Battlefield the other day, and they started cut, They started making it where you have patches on your uh, soldier, and someone came up and killed me, and they had, their, they had made their Jurassic Park logo. So their sleeve it made it look like they're uh, a Jurassic Park employee. And 21 years after the original film, and next year, I bl- is it next Jurassic year? Jurassic World. Now, you look at, now, Lost World, and uh, what was the one after Lost World? Uh, Return to Jurassic Park? Jurassic, I've actually seen Jurassic Park 3 quite a few times on TV. Did you really? I haven't. Uh, those weren't that great, but also Spielberg wasn't really involved in them. And so, ho- but I know he's being involved in um, in the third one. So hopefully, the third one will be, or not the third one, the fourth one. So hopefully, Jurassic World will be way better than the previous two sequels. But the f- Jurassic Park alone, I mean, it's just such a fucking great film. So and 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 also is is what was also really good about Jurassic Park is CGI was starting to kind of come around, and they were using practical effects mixed in with CGI, and I think that's the best case scenario. I think it showed you that animatronics and robotics still have a place, because yes, the I, raptors, the T-Rex, still look real to me today. Right, and like I, I've still <laughs> seen, like, I've seen pictures recently online of a dude like in uh, the Velociraptor outfit where like the top half is off, and it's so he's just got the bottom on, and like, geez, I mean... And that that spitting Dilophosaurus, that was a robot, and it looked scary as hell. And but what made it look scary was the fact that they actually built this puppet, they built this model. And if this movie, if Jurassic Park, and this is what kind of concerns me about Jurassic World, is if Jurassic Park was made today, well, we got to cut, you know, we got to cut costs, so CGI everything because that's cheaper than animatronics. 
But animatronics, in my opinion, look way better in the finished product than CGI. I'm sorry. Is is that sh- you, you can just tell the difference. And when when an actor is interacting with an animatronic with something that's directly in front of them versus interacting with a pole with a tennis ball on the end of it being like, okay, this is where, you know, the head of the I'm, – I'm just going to use the Hulk as an example – is like, you know, is – you know, here's a pole and it's up seven feet high and look at the tennis ball. That's where the Hulk's face is going to be. You know, when you look at how actors interact with a pole, with a tennis ball versus a puppet is I think they get a better a better job from the actor when they're interacting with something they can physically see and, you know, and actually fucking interact with. So that's an, so if this movie was made today, I don't know if it would have been as good. That's the one thing that concerns me about the next film, but I'm still gonna thank, go. If oh, the I'm still gonna go see it. I'm yeah, gonna go I'm see still Jurassic gonna go World. See it. Uh, but so thank God, Jurassic Park was made in '93. All right, Sam, what's your last film? Uh, this one's kind of a gimme. It's on everybody's list, but I just had to throw it out there. Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. What? I expected bigger reaction. Come on, it's a classic. Han frozen in carbonite. Spoiler alert, Darth Vader's Luke's father. You get the introduction of Yoda. Yeah. It is a classic sci-fi film. It is. It is. I just, uh, you just even said 10 minutes ago when you were bitching me out about right, Star Trek, right. you're more of a Star Wars fan. I know. I'm like throwing I, you a I, bone I, here. I, I would have included the whole trilogy. Oh, of course. But I mean, I like, I mean, honestly, I mean, I like Empire and Jedi, like. Like the equal in, in my book. I love Jedi. I love Jedi too. Even with the Ewoks, I still love Jedi. What do you mean even with the Ewoks? The <laughs> Ewoks of, is what made the fucking film for me. A lot of people naysay the Ewoks saying, how could a bunch of midget bears defeat the Empire Army? Or how bad was the Empire Army to lose to a bunch of small bears? The small bears also had help from the rebellion, okay? It wasn't, you know, all them. Okay? First of all, let's get that straight. Second of all, is because they're clever as shit. Goes to it also goes to prove that size doesn't matter, ladies. Size doesn't matter. All right. Did not just compare the Ewoks to your penis. You're right. That was one hundred one. Mark that out. All right. (laughs) No, but. I, 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 I don't I don't agree with that argument that like oh how bad were they that they lost to these small bears no because these because one the Ewoks were fighting on her home turf all right so they had home court advantage second of all it they they're clever they know how they're they know how to build shit third God their their fucking treehouse village is awesome well I love I wanted to live in that. I loved, I loved Empire because it was the first time as a kid that I realized the bad guys could win. And, and it's kind of a sad, note yeah. to, a sad note to learn. But I was, like, I was like, wow, the bad guys actually won this time. I can't believe it. This is so disheartening. Yeah. Also, once again, now I'm assuming we're talking about the original cut, not yeah. like the fucked up Lucas where he's like, no. okay, at the end, let's CGI in, you know, all the d- Obi-Wan and fucking. Are yeah. you talking about the end of Jedi when Luke looks over and sees the ghost? And, yeah. And, and, and instead of the old guy, crusty white guy, it's, you see CGI in Anakin Skywalker? Yeah. Yes. Fu- fucking, fucking Lucas. Jeff, what is the fifth one on your list? A cult phenomenon. It sparked 
one, oh wait, the original, second, third, four films. And a TV series. I forgot about the TV series. And the TV series. I, th- a- I think you should see all four films, but I'm only going to recommend the, the first one as a requirement. Fucking Tremors, man. <laughs> oh, God, dude. I love Prehistoric this. worms. Prehistoric worms older than dinosaurs that put that move along. Graboids. Graboids, as they are referred to in the film. Uh, the biggest, well, at the time, the biggest name star, I would say, in the film was Kevin Bacon. I mean, of course, Fred Ward was also in it. Who You also had Reba McIntyre. That's right. She was in it. But she was just starting out her acting chops. She was still... N- she was still a pretty famous country singer. Well, right. But she was mo- n- more known for country singing at this point than acting. I think now she's kind of known well, as... Well, she a played the gun-toting wife of the apocalypse now. Kind of like the apocalypse's nigh guy, you know? The guy who stocked up on MREs and big guns. His name is Bert. Bert. Yes, who was on Family Ties. What? He was the dad on Family Ties. I'm looking this up right now. I kid you not, but Kevin Bacon. Oh, my God. Yeah, same dude. What? Same dude. What? That's why. This is brand new information to me. This is why I love it, because it's the dad from Family Ties, like, going against. the Young and the Restless. Yeah, like, toting a gun, blowing shit up. Oh, well, he was on Young and the Restless, like, 2008. Wow, I had no idea. He looks so different in the film. He looks so different. Bert. (laughs) So basically, the plot of Tremors is is uh, you have this small kind of out of the way Texas town. No, was it Texas? I thought I thought they were in uh, Nevada. No, it's Texas. It takes place on the Texas Mexico border. You're right. You're right. You're right. Uh, Native and there's one way into this town and one way out. Right. And the worms start controlling like the town and eating. Well, people. they they well. So the the graboids are attracted to vibrations in uh, in the ground. And so there's one road leading in and out of town, and they're doing construction on it. Graboids come and... It wakes up the graboids, like all the construction. Right. And they come in and they kill the construction workers, and the construction workers, they're at a point where it causes like a rock slide, so no one can get in, no one can get out. And, you know, so you don't realize it, but like every little thing you do, just walking around on the ground. They can, th- that they're they can blind, sense, but they can sense vibrations right. on the ground. And so they just attack. Like their whole motive is like, okay, let's just fucking kill. Let's just attack. There's that infamous scene where that girl's on a pogo stick jumping around. And all of a sudden right. you see the perspective of the worm digging underground. Yes. About to eat that girl. Oh, I know. Great build it, up. It was, it was a great cheesy horror movie. And wait, was it, would you even say it was horror? Sci-fi uh, horror, because I mean, you kind of got like the big kind of like Jurassic worms, you know, and yeah. Uh, I mean, and then Bird is what really made it because as a little kid, you're just like, oh my god, there's someone who has a whole house dedicated to guns, and like Bird was like, you know, nowadays like you hear about survival, uh, survivalists, people who build underground bunkers and you know have their own water filtration system and. You know, stock up on MREs. Bert was the first one to really do that. Is Bert kind of brought that into the limelight and saved everyone's asses? That, that's essentially it. Bert is also the only character that is in that is throughout all four films. And yeah, well, yeah, one of them goes back in time to the to the Wild West, right? And that shows you the introduction to Bert's family. Oh, okay. Where uh, I haven't I haven't seen that one. Don't fucking question me on this, Sam. I've the, seen the, one, fo- the, the fourth one is like the beginning of it all. I've seen Bert's one, two, family. And three. Bert's family 
is from New York, and they just – I think it's from New York or, or California. Uh, they buy a mind uh, that's supposedly cursed because everyone who's who works on the mine dies, and – uh, Bert comes to the town and is like, why is anyone mining? And this is, and you know, fights the monsters. And this is what gets Bert's family really involved in guns. And it's also what caused them to move to this small town. It's, it, it's I mean, I, I really think if you go to a lot of cons is you will at least see a, one or two people cosplaying as someone from Tremors. Most likely they will be cosplaying as Bert because Bert has the same look throughout the films. And I got to say, the second film, Tremors Aftershock, where they realize that if these worms stay alive long enough, they reproduce and they have these other little creatures that are actually above the ground. The, the whole series, you know, the first one is the, is the only one that kind of takes itself seriously. The third, the That's second, thing. third, and fourth, they know what's going you on. You lost me at the ass blasters at number three. Yeah, the ass blasters, that was a little bit much. In number three, they, they fly by, by farting fire out of their ass, and they refer to them as the ass blasters. Right, that was a little much. Uh, but overall, though, I mean, the film was just great and a, a cult, cult classic. Um, I love the films, and I think everyone should fucking watch them. In fact, I have, like, the, if you want to borrow it, Sam... I have the I have all four films on DVD. I found a Tremors pack that had every film on I'm, there. I might have to borrow those sometime. Yeah. All right, that's going to wrap it up for movies for the next generation of nerds. All right, this is part of the show where we let you know what's new in comics, DVD, and in theaters. Uh, As always, we're going to start out with uh, what's new on DVD. Gotta say, movies as a whole, you know, I thought, uh, okay, I'll get to that when I get to the new movies release. Not a whole hell of a lot's coming out on DVD. I mean, not really. Uh, the most notable thing that I saw that's being released on DVD is a young doctor's notebook. This is, I mean, and you can watch this now on Netflix because I have it in my queue. So I know it's on there. Uh, this, uh, is a mini series that stars John Hamm and David, uh, Ratcliffe. Daniel. Ratcliffe. Dan- <sighs> he played, he played Harry Potter. I know. I know. So it's John, it, it's John Hamm and Harry Potter. And it's a story. Uh, it takes place in, uh, early, tw- uh, in the early 20th century, when a young doctor arrives in a small Russian village right around the time of the Russian revol- uh, Revolution to uh, work at a local hospital. It got, it's gotten really good reviews. I think right now the Metascore of it is like at a 8 out of 10. So that's new on DVD, but once again, it's on uh, Netflix as well. <sighs> I hadn't heard of this film, but like I said, not a whole hell of a movies. I, I feel like we're just in a slump right now. Uh, there is another movie coming out on DVD called Afflicted. It's a horror film. Two best friends uh, see their trip of a lifetime take a dark turn when one of them is struck by a mysterious affliction. Now in a foreign land, they race to uncover the source before it consumes him completely. I don't recognize any of the damn actors. Um, so whatever. I am not a big fan of... Um, of movies by Sci-Fi Channel, but uh, 
what the hell is it, it's it's got a semi decent uh, rating. It's a TV series. Okay, yeah, you're right. It's a have have you seen it? Helix. No, but I like the actor Billy Campbell. Who's Billy Campbell? He was in the Rocketeer. He was, was he the Rocketeer? Yeah, he was the Rocketeer. Okay, a team of scientists are thrust into a potential life or death situation in this thriller, which begins with the group being deployed to the Arctic to secretly investigate what could be a disease outbreak. Okay, I can kind of get behind that, but so I'm assuming this is season one that is out on DVD. Oh, and also out on DVD, uh, if you want to see a documentary about Donald uh, Rumsfeld, that's out too, called The Unknown Known. Sorry. And that's Sam's review of... <laughs> the Unknown right. Known. Right. All right, Sam, what is new in DVDs? You mean new in comics? What the fuck ever. <laughs> All right. On the Marvel side, uh, with you being the resident Deadpool fan, you should like this one. Uh, I, I may even go out and pick this one up immediately from the Dunkinville bookstore. We gotta go. We're, we gotta go there next week. Is uh, I can't do it this week because I gotta pay a rent tomorrow. But next week we should go. Deadpool versus X Force number one. So this is a launch of a new of a new a, series. A, a new series. Okay, great. I love getting in on the ground floor of a new comic series. Journey back to the 1990s when two characters debuted who would change the face of comics: Cable and Deadpool. Uh, I don't know if this was the first appearance of Cable, but I know it was Deadpool, New Mutants 98. Was his first appearance. Was his first appearance. um, I believe that came out, I want to say around 94. I may be wrong on that, on the release date. So get this. In this all-new tale, we learn we learn of the pair's first meeting well before New Mutants 98. Way to go, Jeff. Fuck yeah, what's up? As Cable and his soon-to-be X-Force race through the time stream to stop the reckless mercenary Deadpool before he destroys all of American history for good. That's kind of Deadpool's MO. Tell me that's not a fascinating plot line, though. I don't like... I know he in New Mutants 98, he was introduced as an assassin. I think... No, he wasn't there to kill Cable. No. I'm going to have to go back and reread that. But I don't like when Deadpool is looked at as the bad guy. I like I like the word, how he's transformed into, I, I guess to put it in like D&D terms, is like uh, neutral, chaotic neutral or something like that. You know, is like he, he can, he, sometimes he can be good and sometimes he can be bad, but more often than not he falls on the side of good. But even though he's on the side of good is sometimes he still does bad things, but it's, but he does the bad things to bad people. So it doesn't bother you as much. I prefer that look of Deadpool. Um, but early on in, in early Deadpool and, and even in his, uh, even when after new mutants 98, when he started getting his own comic, even, even though he, I guess you could say he was the hero of that. Cause it was his comic is he was still looked at as kind of a bad guy. Like, I was just I was going back and just rereading some stuff, uh, and and you know there's a scene uh, there's a couple panels where they're talking about we need to interrogate this guy and Deadpool just kills him and he's just like yeah well fuck it I'm gonna kill him so I I don't I don't really like seeing Deadpool as a bad guy because if you know his backstory he's not a bad guy it's just every the world's just treated him to shit 
And if you really know what happened to him in the Weapon X program, I think you would be a bad guy too. Or, you know. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> anyway. You want me to start strumming up some violin music while you talk about Deadpool over I'm here? just saying, man, is like he's misunderstood. He's misunderstood. Jeff, I got a feeling you can relate to that. I can. I can. I can't I can't wait to go. When so that comes out tomorrow? Yeah, tomorrow. Okay. Uh I okay. Wait. Add it add it to your list. Yeah, I gotta add it to my list. Okay, next up we have Thor, God of Thunder twenty four. In the last days of Midgard, Thor's battle against Roxxon has colossal ramifications for Asgard and also for Jane Foster. Now, this is interesting because they're introducing the character of Jane Foster from the movies into the into the comic mainstay. Didn't now. we go to college with that dude? Oh no, that was Daniel. <laughs> Wrong Foster. <laughs> While in the far future, what dark fate has befallen Galactus at the hands of King Thor? Now, that's the tagline that caught me. Because, King Thor? Yeah, because right now, Odin is king of Asgard. And plus, if Thor can lay the smackdown on Galactus in the future like that, I mean, like, almost kill him, that means Thor is wielding some incredible power behind him. That is scary. But Thor... He's he's always got power behind him. I know, but Galactus is like almost an immortal being, a god above gods who eats planets and cannot die. Isn't that going to be? Is that is that tying into the Avengers films or the Thor Thor films? Neither or. Uh, you're, you're thinking of Thanos. As soon as I started saying it, I was like, "Oh, you're going to come off as a dumbass, Jeff." Okay. okay, Jeff. But yeah, so I mean, anybody that's got the power to beat down Galactus. You got my attention. It's, yeah. It's going to be scary good. So Thor, God of Thunder 24, check it out. Gonna be, okay. Gonna uh, switching over to the DC side. We have Superboy 33. I've been interested in the Superboy series because Superboy has kind of been like genocidal toward all metahumans for a while now over here. He's been very dark and angry. I don't know why, but I thought Superboy... He's, he, he's, he's a, a clone of Superman. He's not the son. He's a clone. Okay. <laughs> Way off. Okay. So Superboy and Guardian travel to a remote base to uncover the last secret about the time-traveling son of Superman's past and future. It will alter the young hero's destiny and his perspective role in the DC Universe. I'll be glad when he just stops going suicidal and trying to kill everybody <laughs> who has powers. So, I mean, interesting tagline there because if they kind of change him from heel to good guy, you know, kind of like, like you do in wrestling, this mm. could be fun. But the one that really caught my eye coming out of the DC Universe was New Suicide Squad number one. Yeah, you were telling me about this, and this sounds really interesting. Well, basically, the Suicide Squad is a bunch of villains, and they're like, listen, this is like, you know, like your, you have to repair the damage you did. This is, uh, this is your parole. You have to. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to take the worst villains possible and make them be good, like force them to be good right, guys. Right, right. You have to do community service, service to yeah. finish your sentence. So basically the world has changed for Task Force X, a.k.a. the Suicide Squad director Amanda Waller, no longer has the autonomy she once had. New members disrupt the team, team dynamic, and the team takes on an international scope. New members Joker's daughter, there's an interesting character, Deathstroke, Black Manta, join Harley Quinn and Deadshot for a mission in the most dangerous and unpredictable place in the world, Russia. Fuck, dude. Really? Russia? Yeah. Bringing up some Cold War stuff here. I know, man. Wow. Go over the Iron Wall, comrade, and bring back the American. I'm surprised they're like, just 
Don't go to Russia. Go to Detroit and clean up that place. Like that's what they should have done with. But the, that's with a pretty this. awesome lineup, right there. I mean, Joker's daughter, Harley Quinn. I thought you said it was Joker and his daughter. No, it's Joker's daughter, Harley Quinn. Deathstroke. What's Joker's daughter's name? Is it just referred to as Joker? Yeah, it's kind of Joker's daughter. I can't can't ever get out of her dad's shadow. I uh, know that sucks to be her. That sounds interesting. That 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 does sound interesting. That's it, Jeff. What's coming out in theaters this week that we need to go see? <laughs> Not a lot, man. For a July Fourth weekend release, I'm actually really surprised. Remember when like Independence Day and like big shit? Used there to- there was a point there for I forget for how many years, but there was a point where Will Smith. It was after Independence Day, but every July Fourth. Will Smith released a new movie. Kind of like Men in Black. and Yeah, it was like Independence Day, and then I forget the Men in Black and blah, blah, blah. Uh, th- I got to say, for a July 4th weekend, at least, I may be wrong. If I'm wrong, correct me on our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com forward slash podcast. Correct me if I'm wrong. But according to IMDb, there is nothing jack shit. I coming mean, out for July 4th weekend. There's Tammy with Melissa McCarthy. She's funny. I do like her. I thought I w- she was in a movie <sighs> called The Heat with Sandra Bullock that I thought was going to be a real piece of shit. And it was actually pretty good. So Melissa McCarthy, I'm going to give her hope uh, with, um, with Tammy because it's got her. It's got Susan Sarandon, Kathy Bates in it. Uh, after losing her job and learning that her husband has been unfaithful, a woman hits the road with her uh, profane, hard-drinking grandmother. Ooh, since it's Melissa McCarthy, I think that's going to be played by Kathy Bates. I think it's Susan Sarandon who plays the grandmother. I'm just going based purely off of looks ah. and body types. I probably shouldn't wow. be doing that. Well, I'm sorry, dude. If you were going to cast a mother for uh, Melissa McCarthy, I'm sorry, but Kathy Bates is closer to her than Susan Sarandon. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right? Not going to touch that one, Ahab. You're going down that ship alone. Yeah, okay, great. Uh, also coming out, this, what a weird fucking time for this movie to come out. A movie called America, opening on July 4th weekend. Well, Jeff, that kind of makes sense because it's July 4th and this movie's called America. That makes America. sense. What are you giving it shit for? Here's what I'm giving it shit for. is First of all, it is, it's... It's labeled as a documentary, but when I when I read you the uh, the description of the film, it sounds like this could be a fictional story. Uh, America, a, a story that imagines that the United States lost the Revolutionary War and therefore never existed. First of all, okay, way to come out on our fucking nation's birthday. Way to be patriotic. Could be ironic. True. Second of all, that sounds like the plot of a fictional story. It reminds me a lot. There's a there's a really really bad uh, Spike Lee. I forget if he directed it or just produced it. Called the uh, Confederate uh, States of America, and it's a uh, it's a mockumentary about as if the South had won the uh, the Civil War and not the North. And that's what this kind of reminds me of, except for just expanding it to revolutionary. I don't know. I mean, whatever. Uh, This one does sound cool. Uh, It is a limited release. So check your local listings to see if it is coming out. And this one is actually a full-on documentary called Life Itself, a documentary film that recounts 
the inspiring and entertaining life of world-renowned film critic, social commentary, Roger, Roger Ebert. That would, that's, that actually, this actually sounds interesting. Is, uh, you know, Roger Ebert, uh, Siskel and Ebert, you know. The, Famous movie critic. I, re- I really had never really known what a critic was growing up until I f- discovered uh, Siskel and Ebert. And like, you know, and I remember there for a while, it was just like, shit, if Siskel and Ebert both said it was good, that means that movie is phenomenal. Uh, nowadays, I, I, I don't know. Critics, eh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, that's all I got, Sam. Uh, there's one. It's weird. Why would you open up a horror film this weekend? Oh, I think we're looking at the same film. Deliver Us From Evil. Right. Uh, New York police officer Ralph... Sarchi. Sarchi investigates a series of crimes. He joins forces with an uncon... Oh, God. I hate... When I, when I hear of a movie where it's like, so-and-so joins up with an unconventional whatever, I'm just like, ah, fuck. Uh, okay. Unconventional priest. priest. Schooled in the rituals of exorcism to combat... Oh, okay, that sounds kind of cool. To combat the possessions uh, that are terrorizing their city. The only reason that this catches my eyes is because of the cast of Eric Bana and Olivia Munn. Yeah. Yeah, like them both. Have high hopes for their acting careers. This does not seem like a type of film that I would want to go see. Especially on July 4th. Weekend. Yeah. You might as well just sit home and watch Captain America, like, Independence Day, Team America. Right, like, like I said, is like this is a weird releasing of films for a July Fourth weekend. Really weird. Not all. And second of all, is like I don't think I've really seen any advertising or any promotion for any of these films. I've seen some for Deliver Us from Evil. Really? I don't know. I mean. The only time I ever really see previews for films is when they hit Hulu, and typically those uh, don't start hitting Hulu till about like a week before the film is released in theaters. So I don't know. All right, Sam, you got anything for uh, Oh Shit I Forgot? Not Oh Shit I Forgot, but Breaking Nerd News. Oh, fuck. Breaking Nerd News. What's up? Community has been saved and been renewed. Oh, how did... Where did you find this? No, no, no. Just, just, just name top three that you think would save it real fast, right off the top of your head. Give me three companies. Oh, I already know which company saved it. Who? Hulu. No. What? Keep going. What? Hulu didn't save it. What? Because, this- because, wait, hold on. Because, because that was the big news is that like Hulu was like, fuck, let's save this film. And like when you were reading all these news articles, in fact, we even, a couple episodes back, we even did a news story about how like, if if community is going to get saved, it's going to get saved from Hulu. No. Wow. The the other good thing that that makes is uh, Daryl Hannah. No, is that who is doing? Uh, whatever. Uh, the creator he was saying um, uh, that you know it can only be done if like the cast wants to come back and do it. So this means the cast wants to come back. So if it's not Hulu, my next two choices are Netflix. No. Amazon. No. Don't say Crackle. Don't say crackle. It's, it's not crackle. Okay. Well, don't it's, it's Yahoo. What? Though NBC what? didn't renew community for a sixth season, the comedy has gotten a reprieve from an unexpected place. Yahoo. The show will return in, in the fall for 13 episodes during its sixth season, fulfilling half of its sixth season promise. What? Sony, just let me read this. Sony uh, Community's producers shopped the cult comedy actively, but found no buyers on cable 
or at Netflix or Hulu. With the hold on the show's cast expiring today, June 30th, Yahoo has appeared to have swooped in at the last minute. For its part, Yahoo's under its video umbrella, Yahoo Screen, has recently mm. committed to trying to challenge streaming services, Mm-mm. which also include Amazon. Mm-mm. Yahoo.com is now like, kind of like kickstarting their own streaming service, Fuck. and they're and kickstarting they're it, it with, with community. Sam, say it's crackle. Sam, say it's crackle. <laughs> say it's crackle. Because like the reason why I thought it was crackle was because crackle is uh, is owned by Sony. And if you look at everything that's on Crackle, is it's all Sony. Have you pictures. ever even heard of Yahoo Screen? No, no. What the fuck? No. I. I. They're giving it thirteen episodes, which is half of a season run. Which I'm assuming, if it does well on Yahoo Screen, but it's not, and not because it's a bad show, but because no one knows what the fuck Yahoo Screen is. Yahoo better ramp up their advertising budget it, for Yahoo Screen. It better be a free service. They are. W- there is no way Yahoo can jump out the gate and be like fucking charging money. Fuck you. You're lucky you're even still around. I have no idea. AOL. That started the phenomenon of internet. I guess you could, I don't know how accurate that is, but whatever. Internet search bars, like kind of like right. search bar websites. AOL was like the first like real internet provider, and they're pretty much done. All right, Google has destroyed everybody. The only reason why MSN and Bing are still around is because Microsoft is backing them. All right, what the fuck? I don't think this is going to succeed, not because it's a bad product in the way of community. That's what I mean by a bad product. I, uh, but because it's because no one – I laugh at people when I'm like, what's your email address? And it's blah, 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 at Yahoo. I'm like, ha, <laughs> you might as well just have a fucking Hotmail account. God. Oh, Yahoo. Yahoo screen. The fuck? Are you serious? I'm dead serious, man. I can't make this shit up. If, 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 it broke on BuzzFeed.com. That's where I got the story from. But it, then I saw it pop up on IMBD, too. Oh, my God. Which is why I doubly confirmed. And they're all saying Yahoo screen. I swear to God. An umbrella if, of if, Yahoo. If, 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 if this is a paid-for service, it's going to fail. Both the community and the actual service. Because no one looks to Yahoo for that type of shit. No one does. And if you do... I want to tell you about my friend Google. Well, they picked a really good show to try to start stepping their foot in that pond puddle. They they did. They did. But fuck, man. Because now this, the other problem is this means that they have to be releasing apps for it. Because if I cannot watch it on one of my set top boxes, like my Roku or my Xbox One, I don't think I'm going to watch it. All right. Is I find it is because. For a while, it was real popular to watch internet streaming and shit on your laptop, but but like it's amazing how quickly that fad has transformed into well now you just do it on your set top box. You don't get on your you don't get on your laptop to watch Hulu or Netflix. You get on your Xbox. You get on your PlayStation. You get on the numerous other set top boxes that are out there in the world. So they have to be working on an app. And if they say, no, you got to get on your PC and you or your Mac or whatever the fuck, 
you got to get on that and you got to actually go to yahoo.com or yahoo.screen, whatever it is. It's going to fail. I have very little expectations for this Yahoo service. And I'm very upset that community is going to that. I really wish it was going to Hulu or Netflix or Amazon. Or even in this case, Crackle. Oh my God. This is like, I am so full of mixed emotions. This is so funny. This is like the longest rant you've gone on. I haven't said a word. You've been like spewing bile and hatred and bullshit for the last five minutes. And it's the close of our show. This is one hell of a way to end the show, Sam. I, I've been I, I, I've I, been I've been sitting on this since before we did new new releases and I've been waiting to drop this bomb on you. Way to go to have the patience because you're right. If you were to drop this at any point during the show, yeah, it would have derailed the fuck out of the show. <laughs> oh shit! Undercats. Oh. <laughs> oh. Okay. We'll just see how this plays out. Uh, I hope to God. I hope to God. Yahoo at least has enough common sense to be like, we cannot tell them like, okay, well you get well you got to change this, you got to do this, you got to reshoot this scene, got to rewrite this line. I hope to God they have the foresight that Yahoo's like, eh, we probably shouldn't make any decisions like that type of shit. Oh, man, I don't know how to I don't know how to process this because I'm happy, but I'm very nervous and upset at the same time. Okay. Sam, I got nothing else. Okay. Uh, stay strong out there. I'm ditched to herd being nerd. Stay strong out there, my friend. You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.